we're just we're going to start and see if this actually works for those who are zooming in. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Good afternoon. I'm Maggie Witt. Welcome. How is everyone today? Okay, well, good. Thanks. We're streaming live, I think. Am I correct? I've got I've got uh, Lieutenant Uhura over here, actually Lieutenant Luther. Um, <laughs> so the wonderful methods of modern technology we have. Um, I'm Maggie Witt, and I, I'm, uh, I'm here representing, actually, this team right here against the wall. Those of you um, online, how's the volume, by the way, Sarah? Is the volume okay? Okay, good. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started because I know this will be a flow group. Maybe you're here on your lunch, maybe not, but we appreciate you being here. Um, just to get started, I'm uh, the Director of Procurement, Strategic Sourcing, uh, all things bought and actually resold and repurposed for the university, uh, the Lincoln campus. I I also recently inherited new responsibilities here at the University of Nebraska uh, to help transform the university and uh, the procurement operations for the university. I'll talk about that in a second, but really, I just to state the obvious, I just, I'm going to say something here, two words, things change. Would everyone agree with me on that? <laughs> and uh, like it or not, they change. And uh, BRT or not, they change. So whether you like that acronym or not, I'm not here to talk about the BRT. You may have a question or two about what's going on with that. I am chairing a committee related to that. Um, what I want to talk about today and what this group is here to talk to you about is procurement and our inventory management operations and how we have, we've operated in that mindset all along. Process transformation, business transformation, savings, efficiency, variety of other things. What we do for the university, we're here to educate you on that. So really want to help you understand who we are, what we do. Um, Okay, I want to make sure I wasn't doing something up there. So I want to, we're going to talk to you about the procurement. Some of you may know us as purchasing. It's, it's uh, basically the same thing. It's kind of procurement is seen as a phrase that's more timely or relevant. Uh, some, some of us who are geeks about the whole uh, phraseology of, would prefer to say supply chain. You may hear that phrase too. The university here has a degree program in supply chain, by the way. If you happen to know Professor Chen and any of the other uh, educators in the College of Business, uh, say hi. I actually do speak at a few of his classes and sit in at some of those and some of the, our, our team actually help out with those as well. Uh, we like to trade notes and and uh, mentor students as well. Um, we also represent inventory surplus and asset management. So if you think about the life cycle of goods that we purchase and use on the campus, they go somewhere when they're done or when they're not so done, right? And anything that has value, so anything that has to be used and consumed within, the, you know, within our operations, we're responsible for it. Um, if you've visited our website, raise your hand. Has anybody seen it and have you seen our new mission, our statement on there? It says, we make the university run. Sort of means that we're just the, we help facilitate the payment and processing of those types of things. Hope that message rings true. 
I can talk, answer questions about recent changes to our organization. We also have added the payables operations to our organization. Uh, we'll probably talk more in depth about that. We will talk more in depth in future PED Talks. Today, we're just here to introduce you to the team, Procurement and Inventory Management. And then I can also talk a little bit about UI procurement structure, uh, just a broad perspective on that, but I don't want to lose perspective on what we want to talk about about the Lincoln campus today. But if there are any specific questions you have about that, we are creating a U-wide, university-wide procurement operation that um, basically how we're wording it, how we're phrasing it is four doorways into one organization. So there will be a footprint on every campus supporting procurement and payables. It just may not look the same on every single campus, but organizationally, we're realigning ourselves to be the most efficient operation for the university to support everything in a consistent manner. And the truth is we do things differently in many cases on the different campuses. So the goal is to streamline our operations and find ways to become more efficient. So I think it's a good time to introduce the group. So let's go ahead and get up, line up. This looks like a lineup now. So if you've seen any of these suspicious characters anywhere um, <laughs> in your nearest procurement operation or across the, so I'm gonna just pass the, pass the microphone down and uh, we'll just go ahead and everybody's gonna tell you who they are and what they're responsible for. Okay, do I have enough room here? Come on, this way. Keep going. I, I made them do this. No, not really. This is their idea. Here you go. Good afternoon, uh, I'm Roger Spies. I'm actually 7'2", but I got stuck next to John, so. <laughs> but, uh, I hope everybody can hear you. I'm uh, battling a cold. Anyway, uh, Assistant Director for Procurement Services, uh, been with the university uh, a little over 30 plus years. Uh, started off with a little more hair and a little less gray, but uh, have had a wide range of commodities over that time. Uh, it's been a great run. Uh, work a lot with the uh, cost per copy program, off supplies. We started a prime vendor supplier program back in 1999. Uh, for those of you who have been here, and uh, custodial supplies, uh, work a lot with athletics. Most recent project has been the Husker Vision Screens. Had the opportunity to work with some great people over there and implementing that. So next time you go to the stadium, uh, that was that was one of the projects that we kind of get involved in as a group sometimes. I'm John Lomar. I have the privilege of being the manager and managing the inventory asset surplus department. Uh, however, most people on campus just simply refer to me as the inventory guy. <laughs> I'm Jill Rogman with Inventory, and I specialize in surplus sales and fixed asset management. I'm Julie Snyder, formerly Dexter, so some of you might be going, ah, who's that person? Um, when I was first assigned working on contracts, we um, had, you know, a hotel agreement here, a speaker agreement there, and I kind of filled in in other places. Well, this year the team has expanded. We are a team of three. We probably need at least another person. We're working on that. Um, but we have done already in this fiscal year over 750 contracts. So we've been quite busy. Um, one of the things that I've been doing to kind of align and, and get everybody um, on the compliance bandwagon and on um, compliance with not only the Board of Regents policy and the state statutes, is working on workflows and getting policies put out there so that everybody knows 
how to be compliant. I'm Julie Hopp as part of the contracts team. I'm going to be working mostly with the standard agreement that is for all expenditures and the um, fee-for-service template that is when a department brings in revenue. I like contracts because every day it's something new. This year I got to do a contract for um, the feeding and care of captive, oh, captive rearing and reintroduction of the salt Creek tiger beetle and the various food sources that were required to take care of that. Hi, I'm Jessica Merhoff. I'm the newest member of the UNL procurement team. I am on the contracts team with Julie and Julie, um, and I handle primarily IT contracts. I work with ITS, and uh, they do a pretty uh, strict security review. As we all know, security is very important these days. So they go through their security reviews first, and then I take a look at the contract language uh, related to state statutes, Board of Regents policy, et cetera. Uh, hello, my name is Dustin Kodik, and I have the honor of managing the facilities related commodities for our campuses, as well as all construction and maintenance that happens on our campus. Hi, I'm Sarah Luther, and I have the honor of purchasing all of the furniture uh, that we put into our new buildings and our renovated buildings. So, for example, for the people that are here in this room right now, I purchased the chairs and the tables that are in this room. And if I go anywhere else on campus, I can tell you where those chairs came from, um, what price they were, who you can buy them from, and if they've held up really well. Um, I also help with uh, securing the contracts for the food for um, primarily housing, um, but to feed the students here on campus. Hi, my name is Martha Young, and I manage the eShop Help Desk, and we are missing um, my supervisor, Nicole McCoy, who is the manager of the e-procurement system. So looking forward to her coming back soon. Most of you know me, just somebody to call if you have a question, so. Hello, I'm Scott Stremick. I'm the senior IT sourcing manager for the university. I oversee all IT uh, procurement for uh, the staff for all campuses and also the staff that uh, we utilize for that. Hi, I'm Sue Cuddyback and I'm with Scott on the IT procurement team. Claudette is not here today. She's out with the flu, but she does hardware. My primary commodity is software. So I do all the purchasing and distribution for all four campuses. Um, it's formerly known as UNL Software and if you haven't heard, it's now called NEWARE. That's spelled N-E-W-A-R-E. I'm Hollis Anderson, and I'm the scientific uh, sourcing specialist. I handle all of the scientific equipment purchases and manage the supply contracts for the labs. Also handle uh, uh, for maths and gas, our gas cylinders and the liquid nitrogens and the other liquids like that, um, and also buy some electronics. Hi, I'm Mickey Sandin, and I um, love to communicate with the campus. So any kind of communications you get from our procurement team is probably somehow going to come from me. 
including the invitations here, the newsletters we do on a quarterly basis, and then we also have our websites. Um, I also am fortunate enough to be now a new trainer, I mean, in training to do what a lot of these people do. So um, when I accepted my job at procurement two years ago, I had no idea what that word meant. So <laughs> I've learned a lot in two years, and now I'm working on bids and helping with contracts and all that exciting stuff. So anyway, thank you all for being here. I just put myself here at the period or the exclamation point at the end of that line because I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the numbers. So if just looking at this campus, uh, you could. this is always fun to me, though um, the team probably didn't add it up, but I did. Um, we represent nearly 230 years of experience in procurement alone standing before you today procurement contract management inventory management that's that's a lot of experience working for you today uh, we're a very busy group i can tell you how to benchmark this against other groups that i've worked with and in higher ed um, it's uh it's phenomenal and uh, if you take this beyond this particular campus alone and extend it to the other campuses which we are doing right now. Uh, we push 350 years of experience. So um, we are the flagship campus. And um, so we've had the luxury and the leadership prior to my being here. I've only been at the university for shy of a couple of years. So these people have been my trainers um, in, in higher education. I'm new to higher ed. But we, we've really had the luxury and the leadership to help develop a team that's so well uh, well-versed in supporting the university, but we have a lot to learn. So we thank you for being here to help us help you understand how we support the university and what's changing. Um, number of eShop POs, we're close to reaching 500,000 purchase orders. We're not there yet, but we're almost there. That's just eShop. That doesn't even touch, you know, the mainframe SAP system, but the eShop system, for those of you who are familiar with it, if you've heard that phrase, that's the e-procurement system we use. And we're talking about really maximizing that as part of the BRT. Um, and then if you, you know, you heard the contracts. But I think a really big number that a lot of people don't know about, um, over the years, we save a lot of money for the university. And we don't keep the money. We don't pocket money anywhere. We just, that's our jobs. Saving money, finding ways to divert savings, avoiding cost for the university so that people can do other things with it or just not spend it in the first place. So over the last five years, we saved about $20.2 million. By person, that equates to about $1.3, roughly $1.275 million per head standing before you today. I think they deserve a round of applause for that. So um, I'll let them go ahead and get started, but thank you. Um, I think the show is now theirs. So who's up next? All right. It's us. <laughs> well, we're the contracts team, and we just come up with um, some little blurbs about what you're gonna, what you see up here. Um, this is just a preview to um, uh, March's TED Talk, where I think um, we are scheduled. It's not written in stone, but where we're scheduled to do more in-depth um, talking about uh, contracts. And so we really value your 
um, questions and input too, because we want to be as helpful as we can. It will streamline the process. But I'll let Julie start. Well, the contracts team worked closely with University General Counsel. We developed three contract templates. They include the standard agreement that is for any expenditure. This includes speakers, any type of expenditure. We just go with one template for that. The fee for service template, which is for revenue that your department may generate by doing work outside of your department. And we also have an addendum that has some very important clauses determined by general counsel if we cannot get a supplier to be willing to use our paper, our template, we'll add the addendum to that agreement to get it become in compliance with the state statutes and the Board of Regents policies. Compliance is the reason we use the templates, but the templates are your route to streamline the signature process. If it's on a template, we don't have to have multiple back and forth by email. That's just what it is. They're available in a box folder. We strongly suggest that you retrieve the templates, a new one, each time you start a contract. Because we can't tell you when the laws are going to change or when board policy is going to change. So please don't download it to your desktop and contact any member of us, the email up there, and we will get you the link to the folder. Thank you. Who signs contracts for the university? Big question. This simple question links to probably one of the most misunderstood policies on campus. There is a document on the business and finance website that defines who has signature authority at the U. We encourage people to go view it and ask us questions that they might have. This document is kind of like the contract templates that Julie was just talking about. It's best not to download it because it does change. And now I'm going to give you Jessica, and it's a good thing that her name starts with J or we wouldn't have been able to hire her. The three J's, J team. This, web, or this email address, procurementcontracts.unl.edu, goes to all three of us. Uh, so that we can cover for each other when someone is out of the office. That's the email address that you should use to send contract requests. And if you would be so kind to include in the subject line of your email a, um, the contract name, which is typically going to be the vendor or the contractor's name, and your department name, that'll help us streamline the process. Uh, please also make sure when you send your email to include all relevant documents. So that's going to include a statement of work and a quote from a supplier. Thank you. Uh, we'll take questions at the end of our presentation today, so if, uh, if you have some in the room, we'll answer them directly, and then we'll also answer the ones online if you're uh, participating away from the room today. So, uh, Facilities, uh, that's, that's my love on campus. There's a 
a ton of construction and maintenance that goes on on our campus every single day. Uh, the changes that we've uh, occurred just through my 25 years on campus has been phenomenal. And uh, I'm very appreciative of having a hand in, in uh, a lot of that change on campus. So uh, as our contracts team did say, um, one thing they uh, didn't mention is there are of course contracts that are associated with facilities, construction and maintenance on campus. And uh, those all go through our facilities uh, planning and construction department uh, directed by Mark Miller. Um, and then we have uh, several uh, campus representatives that uh, are authorized to do smaller projects on campus as well that we call unit price construction. Uh, ultimately, they are able to solicit quotations from uh, local contractors that are on our approved list. And then uh, once they get to a full contract execution that gets signed by Mark Miller as well. Uh, also with facilities, uh, I deal with uh, electrical supplies, plumbing supplies, uh, custodial supplies, basically anything that has to do with the day-to-day -day function of the facilities on our campus. And uh, I'm proud to be a member of the team of procurement services. And uh, we'll, uh, in some future sessions, we'll kind of get into our, our uh, bid processes and all that uh, later. But uh, for now, I'll hand it off to Hollis to talk about lab supplies. As I mentioned, I'm in the scientific arena and uh, I buy, uh, well, first of all, <clears throat> the scientific purchasing of equipment and supplies, that's one of the three largest uh, purchasing um, groups in the university along with construction and IT. In, <clears throat> in a given year, that changed from year to year, but that's probably between 10 and $15 million, uh, but it's been a, you know, a great joy for me to help people. Um, I um, help people with sole sources. Um, if we have equipment that's over 150,000, we have to go to the, <clears throat> the vice chancellor for business and finance for sign off. And now and then we get something that's over 400,000, whether it's bid or sole source, and we have to go to the board of regents. So um, help facilitate that. Um, I mentioned the uh, meths and gas. Um, that's a fairly new program as far as delivery that we started in July. Um, I help release and facilitate that. Um, I also um, mentioned electronics, and I also buy a, a few instruments now and then for the for the uh, music and, and the band. We'll turn it over to Scott. I'm Scott Stremick again, and I oversee the IT procurement staff for all of the universities. My group actually oversees not only the UNL campus, but we also uh, envelope and take care of Kearney, the Med Center, and also Omaha. Um, so my team is basically myself, Claudette Biscop, who's not here, and Sue Cuddy back. We manage all of the day-to-day -day procurement for uh, hardware, software, and AV technologies. Um, we also oversee, like Sue had said, that the Anywhere software store that's on eShop. We also oversee all IT vendors, all IT formal uh, bids, and also all IT contract negotiations. Um, our group also takes care of any other, we take care of all of the faculty, the staff, and uh, primarily ITS is the one who is our main customer um, for software needs, and hardware needs, and everything. So that's my group. I think sometime in the fall, I think my group will actually go a lot more in depth into what we do and some of the uh, 
workflow processes and stuff that our group has put together for um, not only faculty and staff, but for uh, all the students as far as how software goes and what we want to do. So thank you. Okay, so uh, uh, eShop and everything, well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, just a brief little historical background on it. Uh, I'm assuming hopefully at this point in time, everybody is familiar with the eShop platform. Uh, but a, a number of years ago, if you remember back to SAP, there, you, know, you kind of did a requisition to one vendor supplies and you had to do another one. And there wasn't really a whole lot of uh, accountability built into, built into the system, uh, auditability. So uh, with, with, uh, we started searching around uh, came up with the shop system back in uh, 2012, right? Uh, April of 2012. And uh, uh, we started with about 3,000 suppliers and we're up to about uh, a little over 18,000 suppliers uh, today and growing. Uh, it was really uh, meant to be and, and hopefully is a one-stop shop platform. Uh, you can punch out to various catalogs. Uh, we try to have just as many suppliers and we're constantly adding based upon your input as far as what we can add in D-Shop to make your life a little bit easier. Uh, you can place multiple orders at one point in time off of different cost objects. And it's really a, a complete flexible system. Uh, there's different roles within eShop. If you're not familiar with the uh, roles in it, there, there's the uh, shopper role, uh, which basically is what it is. A shopper can go out and shop, but they cannot fully fulfill or process the order. That has to go to the next level, which is the requester. And Martha works with this all the time. So if uh, I keep looking at her, make sure I don't mess up. But uh, there is a requester. Uh, the requester will go in and sign the, the cost object, any funding needs, uh, check over maybe what the shopper has done, ask her any questions. From there on, it gets sent to an approver. Uh, the approver makes the, the final review and everything and officially approves it. Again, this provides, a, in the years past, we didn't have that type of audit function to it. People, some people weren't involved. And from a funding standpoint, everything's there in a snapshot now. So uh, eShop is just, I mean, uh, like I said, I've been here for a long time. Uh, provides so much information. It's growing. And uh, uh, it really is the future of our business and, and the future of helping you guys uh, get stuff in, the, in a timely manner. I mean, back in the old days, paper acquisition, you just come over on Monday. You were lucky if you got your order for post-it notes the following, uh, the following Monday. Uh, so now you place orders today. Uh, most time they're, they're, uh, they're here and shop the next day or on your desk. Next level is uh, <clears throat> approval, not creation. I think this came out pretty much the survey that we did. That uh, as much as we'd like to, uh, we cannot create uh, purchase orders in the system. Uh, every now and then we, we, we get, you know, calls, you know, someone's out of the office and everything. And, and we try to help out and, and offer alternatives and everything. But uh, really, again, you look at it from an audit standpoint, uh, it's really not in our best interest, best practices to do that. So uh, uh, we, we've built in the, uh, again, the four levels that provides that, that process to go through. Um, uh, what was I going to say here? On the, oh, as far as the user and everything, I wanted to show just a couple of quick numbers. I know Maggie talked. Uh, we've done... Uh, you did, you did, because that was pretty much my, my main plug. Uh, in addition to Maggie's comments, uh, uh, like I said, we have approximately 18,000 suppliers in the eShop now. If, if you have requests, uh, we do have a strategic team that uh, uh, 
works constantly on adding new suppliers based upon what total spend is, uh, what we feel is applicable to that category and needs to be added for the best of the campus. And we'll be starting to look at this as, as we've talked about from four campuses. Uh, we may be buying some stuff at, at Kearney that we're buying here, that we're buying in you know, but we've never, we've never grouped that all together. So the strategic team that, that uh, we have in place and we'll be refining, uh, we'll, we'll delve a lot into those and uh, hopefully make uh, some better buys for everybody in the future. The, uh, uh, we've got a, just about 2,700 eShop users on the system. Uh, that's a pretty good number that people are using it daily. Uh, keeps Martha busy with phone calls. Uh, of, of the uh, requisitions that come through, we processed approximately a little over 50,000 orders last year. 95% of those are processed within 24 hours. I go back to years ago, it, it'd take a week for just for a paper requisition to get to our desktop. 85% uh, of those are processed the same day. So it really is an efficient platform, and uh, there's a ton of information. Nicole and Martha have done a great job of uh, putting all that stuff out there on the website. Uh, you're certainly free, free to call them at any time. Uh, they're great to talk to, and they'll walk you through anything uh, that you have a question on. I will turn it over to you. Okay. Nikki has brought the, um, our eShop website up. I just wanted to talk to you about the purchasing decision tree. And this was actually a collaboration between um, accounting and procurement so that we could provide a guideline for you. I'm sorry, it's under uh, shopping and purchasing decision tree. We do have a, a PDF version or else there is an interactive version as well that you can answer questions and go through that. Um, and again, that's on eshop.unl.edu. Um, and it's just a guideline to help you to know the multiple methods that you have to use um, for purchasing which one you should use. Um, and then I also just wanted to discuss, we won't go through that, but um, the help desk. And um, our help desk is available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. And um, the phone number there is 402-472-2126 and option 2 and that will get you to the help desk. And we also um, have eShop at unl.edu. Um, both Nicole and I uh, manage that, and so we try to answer your calls within that same day. Um, don't always, but that's our goal, is to get back to you that same day. Um, and if you can't get a hold of one of us, go ahead and leave a message. If you need an immediate answer, we have uh, a wealth of knowledge with our buyers and, and people within our department. Um, contact them directly. They encourage you to contact them. Um, and at the end of the session, I believe that Mickey is going to pull up our team directory, and that will show you from our procurement website um, all the commodities that they cover and um, how to get a hold of them. So thank you. Hi, Jill and I would like to spend the next few minutes going over the two main areas of our department, which are surplus and asset management, uh, touching base first on the, on the surplus part. We can help you guys out in a couple of different ways, uh, the first being the acquiring of surplus, the second being the helping you get started on the disposal of, of the surplus that you have in your department. Uh, on the acquiring part, that's made possible through our weekly inventory open houses held at our facility out on North 48th. This is where departments can come in and purchase good used equipment, good used 
furniture uh, for really low prices, you know, maybe instead of, of buying a brand new piece or something. Uh, majority of the items in our warehouse are $20 or less. I mean, when you think about that in comparison to a new item, possibly dollars share versus four or 500 for a new one, there, there's comparable savings there. Uh, I'm a statistical guy, so I thought I'd share a good statistic with you. Last calendar year, we recycled over 1,500 individual items. If we used to come up with an estimated cost savings per item, there again, a $10 chair versus maybe a $500 chair, multiplied that by these 1,500 items, estimated price of 200 for a new one, we've saved the university over a quarter million dollars just in 12 months. I, I find that as an incredible statistic. The other part of the, the surplus is the disposal of surplus. And I said we could get you started on that. And that's done through going to our website, inventory.unl.edu, filling out what we refer to as a request to pick up surplus excess property, and then sending this to our moving services people. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and take credit for all, all the efforts that these folks do, but just a staggering stat on their behalf is these three individuals of moving services picked up over 17,600 individual items last calendar year. Uh, now I'm gonna pass the mic on to who I always introduce as the brains of the operation, Joel Oatness. I don't know about the brains, but <laughs> I just wanna to talk to you a little bit about the sale of surplus that I handle. Um, oftentimes we have departments that have equipment that's still valuable, but maybe aren't able to trade it into a supplier and don't know necessarily what to do with it and where they can go with it. I provide an outlet for that. We, we list on an internal surplus flyer um, equipment that departments have for sale and we list that to every single department including all campuses and that gives them the option to sell that to another department or another campus. Um, if that doesn't happen, if there's no interest internally, we can move on to a public sale. And currently, I am utilizing Craigslist, GovDeals.com, and still a sealed bid process as outlets to do that. Our most popular outlet is GovDeals.com. It is an online auction site, very similar to eBay. And we started that in 2013. And since then, we have brought in over a quarter million dollars. And that, that's phenomenal because that money goes all back to the departments. So that's a big deal. Um, one of the other main processes that I want to talk to you about is our fixed assets and our asset management. Um, fixed assets are defined as long-term tangible property owned by the university that cannot be easily converted to cash. This is equipment that will carry a life expectancy of at least one year and costs $5,000 or more. On a monthly basis, I review reports that tell me all of the purchases that happened the prior month. And we go through and we review to see what equipment and what purchases should be created as assets. Once I create those assets in our system, then we assign UNL ID numbers, and those are the little metal tags that you get in your department. We send those out and ask you to attach those tags to the equipment. 
that way we are establishing a tracking service or a tracking way to track the equipment. But now, since Jill's explained what a fixed asset is, why and how we create them, I want to touch base on probably the most frequent question I get asked at the university doing this job. Why do we spend so much time tracking these assets? I'm going to give you four very quick answers to that. Number one, there's nearly 13,000 fixed assets listed on campus with a combined value of over $330 million. Number two, this falls under the Board of Regents policies of financial reporting. Number three, and it seems to be quite more frequently every year, is to satisfy the inquiries we get from our state and federal auditors. And number four, it's just responsible, folks. It's good, a good accountability, it's a good practice. If the University of Nebraska has $333 million worth of movable fixed assets, we better be able to be accountable for them. And this, this, being in this position as long as I have, I feel we do this very well. And when I say we, I'm not talking John, I'm not talking Jill, I'm not talking Jill and John, I'm talking us as a unit. Because when we send all these reports out for auditing purposes, the, the cooperation we get from you, the departments, is just overwhelming. Uh, we, we never have any issues with anybody, and I just want to make sure that you guys know how much I appreciate that, because that makes our job better. Uh, looks like we're out of time, so we're going to pass this on to the next people. Please uh, review our website at inventory.unl.edu. Give Jill and I any questions on anything we love hearing from you guys. Thanks. All right, so there are also a number of additional support uh, processes we managed um, to help the university in their day-to-day -day operations. So kind of a long list here, but just odds and ends. So LB429 uh, was passed a couple of years ago, which requires that all contracts and purchase orders by a state agency are uploaded to a uh, central database that the public can access um, to see those contracts and purchase orders. Um, so because of that, we created the Nebraska contract system. Um, so departments on campus are responsible for uploading all of their contracts um, that they're able to sign um, that are under the procurement thresholds that would require them to go to the contracts team um, and then also are in line with signature authority. Um, so those are loaded by the departments into the contract system and then that automatically uploads them um, to the state website. eShop and SAP training, um, those are offered monthly. Um, you can sign up online through the UNL training site or there's also a link on the eShop website to sign up for either one of those. Um, certificates of insurance. These are required for all suppliers who are either physically stepping on campus or if they are um, electronically accessing our infrastructure. Um, we need to have those uh, to help with liability. And um, we also have a database on our website that shows the active certificates of insurance as well. Electronic bidding, uh, we started doing this back in 2012. Um, our system is called eBid, and um, it is, 
has lots of efficiencies in there. It also gives us the ability to um, publish bids uh, more easily to a large uh, amount of suppliers. They receive notifications electronically through the system. They submit everything electronically. Um, and then we're able to take those electronic documents and share those with our evaluation committees um, very easily as well. Whereas in the past, you, for example, a furniture bid, you would have um, five binders that would stack about um, two, three feet high for each supplier, and then that would go to the evaluation committee. So now it's all done electronically, which is really nice. Um, through that same system, we also have a contract database. Um, so departments typically that have large numbers of contracts um, are utilizing this uh, portion of the database. Um, Board of Regents policies. Uh, we follow um, a number of the Board of Regents policies for purchasing. Um, these help frame our daily processes, which include um, signature authority and also the formal bid thresholds that we need to follow. These are also listed on our website. Um, the public has the opportunity to do a public records request, um, which allows them to review documents. Um, typically, this is done for bid purposes. Um, so if they want to see the bid responses for Dustin's plumbing bid, then they can put in a request and see um, the results that were turned in. Um, if any requests for public records uh, need to funnel through procurement if it's in regards to a bid or a purchase order, that type of thing. Um, if you have any issues with suppliers, uh, we're here to help with that as well. So if you have a supplier that you're working with uh, that has a history of unresponsiveness or they're doing a incorrect fulfillment on an order or they're sending you defective product routinely, um, we are here to help with that. Um, we can help correct it or find alternate solutions, alternate suppliers um, that you could go to to purchase those items. Um, but we also do want to hear about the suppliers that you guys are working with that are doing a great job as well um, because we want to make sure that we maintain those relationships with those suppliers. Um, so the good and the bad, we want to hear both. Um, and then lastly, our supplier showcase. Um, we hold this here on the UNL campus every October. Um, this next year, it'll be on Tuesday, October 16th. It's here in the Union. It's a great opportunity to meet um, a lot of different suppliers. We typically have about 80 of them um, that are here. And uh, the past couple of years, we've got an, over 500 um, university employees that are there. So it's a great way to meet suppliers face-to-face -face that you deal with on a regular basis. It's also a nice um, time to see people from other entities here on campus, too. Um, we will be having a supplier showcase in the um, Omaha area for UNMC and UNO this year um, in March. Um, and then we also host a scientific showcase here on campus. Um, that's typically in the spring, and it takes place over at the Beetle Center. All right, so like I said, I do the communications is one of my roles. And so we do have four different websites that all have to do with procurement. And you've heard about all of them. There's the, the different ones. If you're actually on our procurement website, which we're gonna put up in just a minute, um, it has a box for each one. So um, please do use that. I think a lot of people know 
eShop to punch out to, but you don't know that we have an eShop website sometimes, or a lot of people have never looked at that. There's a ton of resources on there. So um, another project I'm working on is for, as Maggie alluded to, we are going to one procurement system for the entire university. So we are developing a U-wide procurement website that will be our main portal with all of our um, you know, policies and um, different processes. So that is um, going to change a little bit here in the near future. And the other um, campus websites will kind of maybe lessen. We haven't figured all that out yet, but we're excited for it. And I also do newsletters. If any of you do not receive our newsletters, um, please let us know because we'd love to get you on that. That's a quarterly newsletter that just has a lot of great information about procurement processes. It always has a meet our team. This last month was Dustin. So, <laughs> and on our website, you can go down and find those newsletters. And then the eShop resources, Martha talked a little bit about that. Um, they're broken down by the different roles in eShop. So those are really nice. Um, depending on what your role is, you can go in and find those resources. So, um, and then just as promised, we said we would let you know what our next topics and sessions are going to be. We're going to do these TED Talks every month now. Um, and we're going to go back and forth between East Campus and City. So here are our proposed um, topics and where they will be. We will put out um, notifications with exact rooms and times. Now next month is going to be at East Campus. The contracts team is going to really get into the weeds of everything about contracts and your questions and things. And we will always bring a few other um, answers to some of the questions we get out throughout the month as well too. But the East Campus one will be in the morning. I believe it's at 1030 and in the Cottonwood room. So um, and again, just all of this really came out of the survey that we did last fall. I hope that all of you had a chance to fill that out. And there was a lot of questions and really good feedback. And we really do appreciate that because um, sometimes these, like I said, I didn't even really know what procurement was when I came over here. There's a lot of details that can be confusing. So our, our department really wants to be very customer oriented. We want to help you with whatever we can. And like Maggie said, there's a lot of experience to just draw from. So don't ever be afraid to give us a call and let us know what you're, what you're thinking of. So now we're going to have just a little question and answer period here. And hopefully our Zoom participants have, has anybody sent in some questions through the chat? Okay. Yeah, Jill's got it. She's going to go around with it. So feel free to just... Raise your hand or stand up if you want to, and they will bring the microphone to you if you have a question you'd like to ask. So the uh, one of the questions that we got from online, um, is there a timetable, this is towards contracts, is there a timetable for the PDF version of the addendum for the standard expense agreement? Um, this is Julie. Um, we are working on SLAs currently. Hi. <laughs> um, we're working on SLAs. Um, I wish I could say that there was there was a magic number, but there really isn't. Um, if you're using the templates, that is going to make it a lot quicker. Um, 
Obviously, if you're working with a supplier that we've worked with before, that sometimes makes it a lot quicker. Uh, we're, okay. Okay. So, That's a question. And you can follow up. Oh, okay. Ben Lenander. Okay. Ben, I will give you a call and, and we can have um, kind of an offline conversation. And, and, I, and I would really appreciate it too um, to kind of know where we need to address things as, as we get ready to present next month. So, yeah. I'm going to ask my group because we're kind of winging it here, folks. We wanted this to be conversations. I'd like to be able to provide feedback on all these questions to everyone, Q&A, so that you'll all have access to the information. So if we answer these and, you know, if we take anything offline, we'll be happy to share. So we'll, we'll document our FAQs as a result of our conversations, okay? So I don't want anybody to think we're not going to share that information because as we're building processes, what's going on with the contracts area, besides the fact that contracts and templates can change, our organization is going through a transformation and the contracts program, the contracts model is evolving like the IT procurement organization has evolved to support one IT, the rest of our teams are evolving to support the rest of the university. So facilities, Dustin didn't say it, but he'll talk about it in his presentation. He's supporting multiple campuses. So those kinds of things are gonna to continue to change. All right, Jill, this is going to be for you. Um, so there's a question, where do we find the links to Craigslist? What's the direct link? Can you talk Okay. But as far as posting on the links, I'm the one who posts the information on the links for the department. So if I find out that somebody has something that they want to sell, there's a template that I send to them asking for certain pieces of information that I need to um, basically create those ads. And then I ask for pictures as well. And then I'm in full communication with the department all the time, letting them know when the, when the listing is added and when it expires so that they know if it was sold, if it was, and how, all, how it all worked out and what it was sold for. Um, so I'm in full communication all the time. But I usually handle listing that, those ads. Um, any other questions in the room? Do you have any cards? Oh, hold on. I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't write out a card. Um, we use eShop a lot in engineering, and we would like to be able to use it more. Um, one of the things that holds us up is the fact that Amazon is not available. A lot of our people, Amazon, Alibaba, um, a lot of our people use vendors like that. Um, any timetable as to when Amazon's going to be shut off? Uh, 
Thank you. I didn't get your name. I'm sorry. And oh, hi, Susan. It's nice to meet you. Um, okay, so the Amazon timeline. Um, in fact, that was just a topic from a conference that I just left in Las Vegas this week. Um, higher education is, uh, the word is, I'm sorry for the pause, but the long pause is meant for impact. Um, let me back up. The University of Nebraska is in testing mode. We've been waiting for some technology enhancements to our eShop platform. For those of you that have worked with eShop enough, you know that it's powered by SciQuest, which is now known as Jagger. Don't try to keep up with it. It'll drive you crazy. But Jagger did step up and created some enhancements to the technology that give us better control, which is really what you need when you're using a tool like Amazon. We are not opposed to Amazon per se as a business, but as a marketplace, the challenges with Amazon in a business environment are huge. The impact of buying from companies that haven't been vetted, um, that are third-party entities, that we don't have the ability to have return policies or guarantee, you know, they're, they're from, we can't guarantee the third world entities that they're procuring from or whether or not you're getting something that is not where you can return it to. There's just so many pitfalls that our other higher education peers have experienced and we're learning from. Um, the stories are far too many for me to regale here. So what we're testing right now is, in short, a curation flag process. And there are several people against this wall and on the other campuses that are working on that right now. We're hoping with uh, Julie Davids, many of you might know Julie, she's kind of spearheading this with Jagger. And we're hoping to implement that. I would say, I'm, I'm looking maybe two months, maybe two months. We've got a contract that we can potentially sign. It is, it needs changes though um, it's it's a higher education contract that's out in the market. It's a, you know, it's a, I guess we call it a consortium agreement or something of that nature. Um, I'm trying to get some terms in it so that we can also leverage their MTurk program. For those of you that have any research or crowdfunding requirements, anyone familiar with crowdfunding? Um, that is an MTurk. MTurk is a program that is offered through Amazon where you can hire people um, to do things like if you need to pay some or person, a developer to do something and you're just looking for someone on the internet who can do, you know, 10 hours of web programming or something like that. It, it's really low cost service, human capital sourcing on a very cost effective method. And right now we've got, you know, a lot of unusual ways people are trying to pay for that. So we're trying to get that built into the agreement and they're being resistant. So if, and I think Amazon's a, a interesting organization. We just, the best way to describe it is this is a, a unit within an Amazon and it's not very mature. Their, their higher education group is not very mature. They're basically, the biggest challenge we have is if Amazon doesn't see it becoming successful, they'll just cut it off like a, like a limb that doesn't work, and then we'll be floating out in the breeze without anything. And then next thing you know, we won't have a solution. Alibaba, we haven't even begun to approach international yet. 
Um, I, I know I worked with them at, when I was at ConAgra and at Staples. I wasn't extremely confident with the programs that we had with them there. In fact, we had better sourcing arrangements through our large international partners than we did through those organizations themselves. That doesn't mean it's not off the it's off the table, Susan. I don't want you to think that. So, like, sorry, I, it, it's just I'm thinking of where our faculty go and they say, "Please buy me this," and those are the things that we see. I think a lot of our faculty um, are more familiar with Alibaba than possibly Amazon. Um, so. The main reason I ask is because it takes more time to reconcile a P-card charge than it does for us to process an eShop PO. Sure. So time savings, it's just more efficient if we can use it for eShops. So I'd like to add the word ghost card to your vocabulary. And when we do switch to an Amazon situation, we will be deploying that. And then when I start talking about new enhancements with our process transformation, we are looking at ways in our new eShop maximization model, which is part of our transformation. We want to utilize ghost card payment processing on the back end of our higher prime catalog vendors. So there's going to be some enhancements that make order processing even within eShop easier. It's not coming tomorrow, but it's coming, it's coming rapidly. So um, I urge you to follow our information on our BRT transformation page. Again, I promised I wasn't going to talk too much about that, but I do want you to know um, this team's responsible for a lot of that. So they're, uh, the ideas started there. I'm, I'm just here to help facilitate that. Um, other questions? Okay, at least other, at least offer ships, shipping and sold by Amazon through Jagger. I can't, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm trying to clarify the question though. At least offer shipping and sold by Amazon through Jagger-esque shopping. Um, if that individual could please email me directly, I'd appreciate it because I'm, I'm having trouble understanding the question. If you don't mind, and my email uh, is mwitt, M-W-I-T-T -T three, at unl.edu or mwit at nebraska.edu. Pick your, pick your pleasure. All right, so another question for inventory. Could the web, web auction links be put on the inventory website in the future? And then the exact way to search for UNL items in those websites would also be helpful. Um, yeah, I can definitely post those links on our website with access to view what's for sale, but as far as still listing any items for sale, I still have to maintain that role, but they'd be able to see it then. So yeah, I will definitely work on that. Um, and then last, last question. So the question is, where are things at with the contract management system in EBIT? And that's uh, Sybil, do you want to maybe get a little more specific? I would support that. This is Maggie. Do you mean, Sybil, if you mean retention of the contract management system or deployment of the contract management system? Yes. 
Okay. Okay, so Sybil, so let me be clear. The EBID system is managed, is run by a technology called IonWave. And IonWave is, uh, by the way, I believe in the simple is best model, or the simplest is best model. So IonWave, and, and I have a background in e business technology, for those of you who don't know my background, 34 years in procurement, and much of that I've spent around um, four business process transformation projects for different companies with ERP systems and e-procurement, and I've built a couple too. So IonWave is a very healthy system. It does certain things very well. It doesn't manage the contract flow. It just holds contracts. So we like it. It's simple. It's a good repository, but it doesn't process a contract flow. So at the university, we're right now evaluating that to determine if that's the best use for the university going forward. And I'm working right now with um, actually with senior leadership in Varner and with our contracts team to ensure that that's what we want to continue to do. We're also assessing that um, even with the state to make sure that we're in compliance. So to be honest with you, that is also part of our Sybil in answer to your question. We're going to use it for another three, two and a half years, and because that's how long our contract will go. And uh, as far as requiring its use, uh, yes, we may be looking for other vendors as part of our BRT. Uh, vendor uh, software, yes. So does that answer your question? All right, I know that that's it. Okay, and I know we're at time. So for those of you, if anybody ha have any other questions in the room that you didn't get answered, did you get what you came for? There's more. We're going to do this again, so we would like to have you back. We might have cookies. That might help. Okay. Um, we want to talk about other topics. So if you don't see what you want up here, I mean, we're basing this off of feedback from the surveys. But I'm telling you, the ideas came from the feedback that you gave us. We want to keep you informed, and we don't want to, we don't, we want to help you understand where we're going and how we can help you. So, thank you. We will send out a survey to all of you, and we'd love your feedback. And UNL Procurement is our um, email address. For the Zoom people, if you did not come, you didn't get a little earbud, feel free to send me your address and we'll send you um, the Ped Talks earbuds in the campus mail. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>